uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for all the people that's listening and chiming in. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. So I appreciate you doing that. Hopefully that way, if we can learn how to agree to disagree, and we can live like people. When I make the hard topics, I say the hard things, I make the thing itch scratch. So if your itch is not scratching, and you're scratching on the itch, maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror. So I'm not here for no drama. I'm not here for no nothing. Just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only. So I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So, again, thank you. And hopefully we can agree to disagree. I studied the Bible so I know it well. Yeah, can't let nobody make myself a self. Can't even lie, yeah, I still struggle, but I know myself. I fear God, I told him I don't want to go to hell. Pray for the sermon, I'll be asking what's the gift in me. Must be this music, cause the world think I'm so sick with it. I switch my style, some people love it, some trying to get with it. I think what matters most is I'm living out what's God written. I make mistakes, but I embrace them, I'm still human. I escape from that place that made me feel ruined. So every day I still chase what I think I'm losing. And pray to God in the end that I don't look stupid. Why do I feel I'm unable, double-minded, I'm unstable? Wanna put all me on the table so God can make me an angel. Was living life like Cain, cause I was jealous of Abel. God told me, look up, child, I just want to save you. I need to hear your voice in life so I could get through this. For you, I shoot for the stars every time and I don't miss. Every time I drop a hit, I still don't feel the bliss. And deep down, I know it's only because I'm still living in sin. You transform my pen, they laughed at me, now I'm laughing with them. Transform my gifts, so now I can't even rap with them. I need to use my talents because the devil be distracting them. Collagen. Two and eight. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after traditional men, after the rudiment of the world, and not after the Most High. Let's analyze. He spent more than five years investigating, proving the providence of this alleged film. And it purportedly shows an alien being interrogated at the S-2 facility in 1997 by members of the U.S. military. Now, let's play the film. So here it is. This is, again, it's silence. There's no audio on this. What are we looking at here as we play this film? What are we seeing on our screen, John? Um, this is a film uh, shot in April of, two, of 1991, a thought projection interview of a other gray designated an other gray, an extraterrestrial biological entity. He is a haploid, which means he came with only one sexual chromosome. Human beings are diploids. Uh, he came to the S2 Alpha, the official designation of the underground facility that had the, that housed the alien interrogation and retention program. That's the unofficial name of, of what this was. 
Uh, they call these interview suites the ambassador suites because they do, the government did try for the, the care and did treat these and look at these beings and still do as ambassadors from other planets and other dimensions. So this being was very ill at the time. He had a respiratory issue. Now, Sean David Morton also heard, from, uh, also heard I can't verify this veracity, that it's some sort of uh, uh, debilitation or disease with its heart-lung sac. It does not have a traditional heart. It's got a heart-lung one sac, which was the need for the special monitor, which goes up and down, does not go across. Uh, to monitor this bizarre heart-lung one-sack organ that the alien has. And um, behind the viewing glass were five men, two telepaths. Uh, there are There are, is a researcher out there, and I don't doubt it, and because I've seen the outline of the figure, um, and I didn't catch this, and someone else did, so I'm crediting them. I don't ever want to not credit other people. That Colin Powell was in that interview room. Now, I know that sounds crazy. I can't verify it, but it certainly looks like the outline of them. It looks like an African-American male in his 50s wearing an Army Class A dress uniform. Funny, the rear admiral that was on my list was uh, the person that uh, reported intelligence to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Interesting. But that, that's just how bizarre this film has gotten. And I'm not even going to tell you anything about the telepath because I don't want it to get into the Da Vinci Code. But even Doty said that the telepathic program, the people they hired, was ridiculous. They were like one step above 1-800 psychics back in the 80s and 90s. Um, but there was two men in particular that were very in touch with these beings and they would sit down with these aliens and these beings and immediately get information and, and relate it back to whoever, whatever military person was in the room. From my own uh, perspective, what caught my attention initially was the fact that the Chinese Communist Party is rewriting the Bible. Uh, in the Gospel of John, uh, for example, Jesus famously defends a woman who was caught committing adultery against her accusers, saying, as most Christians know, the famous comeback, let he among you without sin cast the first stone. Revelation 22 and 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, Yahweh shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of his holy city and from the things which are written is, is this book. Let's analyze. Jason accusers then slink away and Jesus famously says to the woman, has no one condemned you? Then neither do I condemn you. Go forth and sin no more. It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's a story of forgiveness and mercy. Unless, of course, you're a CCP official. Then it's a different story. It's a story of a dissident challenging the authority of the state. And a possible sneak preview of what a Bible with socialist characteristics might look like appeared in a Chinese university textbook in 2020. And there, the rewritten Gospel of John excerpt ends not with mercy, but with Jesus himself stoning the adulterous woman to death. And in churches across Henan province, local CCP officials replaced the Ten Commandments with Xi Jinping quotes. Like, thou shalt have no other gods before me became dictats like, resolutely guard against the infiltration of Western ideology. Here's a question. Would you let someone implant a microchip 
into your hand if you would receive $2,000 a month, a month in return for getting a chip put in your hand. You heard me right. Revelations 14 and 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Yahweh, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indentation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angel. And it's the presence of the Lamb. Let's analyze. We give you universal basic income, basically. 2,000 euros, $2,000 a month, if you allow us to put a microchip in your hand. That's exactly what's about to happen as part of the rollout of the central bank digital currencies. That's a carrot for them to rope you into this mess. Richard Werner is an economist who is a World Economic Forum insider. Think of him as a whistleblower against these globalists. He was chosen by Klaus Schwab at the time as a global leader. Here he explains how the CBDC or central bank digital currency will start off on our phones as an app, but then move to something far more nefarious, an implant in your hand. Yes, a chip in your hand. Listen. And what, what people don't mention is what do these CBDCs actually look like? You know, um, at the moment, there's a bit of talk about this being phone based apps. And yes, that is the initial phase. But what was already ready around 2015 is the ultimate goal, what they really want. Apparently, I was told by a central banker is, you know, CBDC looks like a small grain of rice that they want to put under your skin, which is, in my view, a violation of human dignity. And they realize there is a hurdle. So to get people to, get people to accept this, there will be, you know, why, why suddenly all the billionaires saying, let's have universal basic income? Because the story is going to be, oh, now we've created, we've created this vast unemployment and, and uh, disruption and crises. Well, we need universal basic income. You will get uh, 2,000 euros into your account every month. But of course, to run this efficiently, we need to use the latest technology. So, you know, you, you need the CBDC uh, chip implant. This is how they will get people. We will put you on a universal basic income and you will be given a certain set of parameters how you can use this income. And you're, by the way, you're going to have to get a chip in your hand for tracking. That's how you will access it, right? This is not some fever dream, by the way. Where was this? Where did this come from? This was explained in great detail by Klaus Schwab himself in 2016. Listen. Aujourd'hui, au bout de ça, on parle de puce qu'on pourra s'implanter. Ce sera quand ça? Certainement dans les dix années à venir. Et d'abord, on va les implanter dans nos vêtements, uh -huh. c'est-à-dire wearables, comme on le dit. Et après, on pourrait s'imaginer qu'on les implante dans nos cerveaux ou dans nos topos. Et à la fin, peut-être il y a une communication directe entre notre cerveau et le monde digital. Ce que nous voyons, c'est une sorte de fusion du monde physique digital and biological. Now, there's been a lot of talk about aliens this week, and not just the ones streaming in over America's southern border. But all of this talk of extraterrestrials has raised an important question. 
Habak 2 and 16. They are filled with shame for glory. Drink thou also, and let thou foreskin be uncovered. The cup of the Most High right hand shall be turned unto thee, and shameful spewing shall be on thy glory. Let's analyze. What would happen if visitors from another planet did make contact? And we here on Earth had to explain all our genders. Well, our friends at the Babylon Bee wondered the same thing. And here's how they reckoned it might go. Uh, perhaps we should start out by introducing ourselves. Uh, I'm Chief of Space Operations, General Foreman, uh, he, him. Under Secretary of State, Angus Miller, he, him. Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer, Amanda Williams, she, her. And what exactly is a Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer? It's my job to be a black woman. Well, good job then. And what is this, this he, him, she, her, of which you are all speaking? Those are our gender pronouns, so you know which gender we identify as. Uh, I appreciate that, but I am pretty good at telling the difference between the two genders. A man, man, woman. Hm. Nailed it. That was a lucky guess, but there are way more than just two genders. Fascinating. We've been probing humans for years, and we have only discovered the two. Uh, how many uh, genders are there? 172. There's so many of them. You, there's... There's gender vague, there's gray gender, demigender, autigender, omnigender, polygender, and about 10 different kinds of trans. And those are just the ones that my nephew has identified as in the last month. When I was. There's also bigender, which is two genders, those genders being male and female, or a combination of all genders, including agender, which is no gender at all. So Space interjection. actually simultaneously be no gender at all plus a gender. It's pretty cool, huh? planet has no sign of intelligent life. Official recommendation, destroy. Well, I got some information for y'all. I don't know too much about this, but I wanted to put this out to y'all with, because some of our people is in this, in this, in, in this form. Try not to blaspheme a lot of people because we don't know no better. But I got something for y'all to analyze and I'm going to let this dude talk about it. So, let's analyze. The Jehovah's Witnesses. This is his tombstone. If you notice here, he's called the Laodicean Messenger. If you understand your Bible, Revelation 2, chapters 2 and 3 describe the churches. The Laodicean church, the church of Laodicea, is described as the lukewarm church. This church, because it's lukewarm and neither hot or cold, Jesus says that he will spew this church out of his mouth. And that's the graphic description that Jesus says about this church. It should give you a clue as to what... Uh, this is all about why would you even consider being a laodicean messenger in the front of the tombstone this is the back of the tombstone but in that uh, area is also a memorial to charles taze russell and the jehovah's witnesses and so you can see the shape of that is a pyramid with capstone 
You also have the Cross and Crown, which is Knights Templar York Rite Freemasonry. It just so happens that this building behind this uh, memorial is the Greater Pittsburgh Masonic Center. And you can see the square and compass there. So Freemasonry, Freemasons starting this this um, Jehovah's Witness cult. They have all kinds of, of weird beliefs. They have their own version of the Bible, which is the New World Translation. And that is a gross mistranslation of the Bible. Watch Tower Bible and Tract Society here. And you can see a close-up of that with a cross and crown. I don't know whether or not there was an eye at the top or not. It does not look like it. It looks like more like a hewn cut stone. <clears throat> now this is the cross and crown, Knights Templar. You can see the order of the Knights Templar, use of the cross and crown. This is actually a phallic symbol. Uh, the crown being the female and the uh, cross being the male uh, through that. So they all do things, these Freemasons, to make it look like they're Christian, but they're not. But look at here, his literature. Here's the sun, di sun disc, or the winged sun disc uh, of the Egyptians, and he's using this for his students, Bible students. Remember, Egypt represents bondage. It is clear in the Bible that Egypt represents bondage. And you can see here his use of the pyramid in his diagrams with the eye of Lucifer at the top. And then mixing in uh, all of these artifacts uh, from the Old Testament and the Ark of the Covenant. Now, why in the world, again, would you use anything Egyptian? Here's the cross-section of the plan. You can see that also that the pyramid is uncapped there. So the divine plan shown in the Great Pyramid. His friend was a Rosicrucian, and he used uh, many of his charts for his books. And so his Rosicrucian friend has, uh, of course, the uh, pyramid uh, tombstone. And even Rosicrucian order, you can see the use of Egyptian-style columns. And so you can see the literature here. The use of the uh, uh, Egyptian motifs. Here's the watchtower. Uh, magazine. There's a more clearer description on this side, and you can see the knighthood. Oh, this is these are papal knighthoods, and of course Freemasonry, which stems from uh, Roman Catholicism and Freemasonry, uh, Knights Templar stuff. Here's the watchtower, um, and there is on the papal uh, one of the papal crests uh, in the Vatican. Uh, they use the watchtower as well uh, as uh, many other symbols. You see lightning, watchtower. Here is that watchtower building. They are only allowed to read this literature exclusively. They're not allowed to read anything but their version of the Bible, the New World Translation, and their watchtower tract. Everything else is off limits. And it just so happens that a watchtower is at the, the head of uh, Diana of Ephesus. Interesting to note. Here's the sermons again. And then here's a, a Jehovah's Witness uh, space and the use of the Egyptian motifs. You can read all about this in the Watchtower and the Masons by Fritz Springmeier. Fritz Springmeier was a wonderful researcher into the occult and all of these secret societies. He was actually thrown in jail and just recently got out. But um, anyway, he's uh, been an awesome researcher. Now let's look at Seventh-day Adventism. This is Ellen G. White and she's the prophetess and she is uh, attributed to founding uh, Martin Seventh-day Adventism along with her husband 
And this is their family. And we'll show you that they have been involved in the cult of Freemasonry. They uh, stem from the Millerites who predicted that uh, Jesus was returning in certain years. And I believe this was 1843. And then they readjusted that to a year later. Now remember, in the Bible, it specifically says that if a prophet prophesies and it doesn't come true, then you can be assured that that prophet is wrong. She, This Seventh-day Adventism still reads all of her literature and uh, considers her a prophetess um, by that. But you can see now her husband using the hidden hand symbolism, which is in Freemasonry. There it is again. And there is her husband again. Now you can see now leaders of the Seventh-day Adventist organization. He's doing the hidden hand. The women are doing the hand over the bosom. This is Ellen G. White's uh, tombstone or gravestone. And you can see it's an obelisk. Moving on to some... Uh, illustrations. I believe this was done by her husband. And you can see the eye of Lucifer here in this tree. Yes, it looks, smells, and feels like Christianity. But look at what they do. And so we have now cults of the 1800s you saw in that first chart. And so now this is her son. And you can see the uh, hidden hand that he's doing. She also has her hand on her bosom similar to this uh, uh, that Mackie on that cover of that book I showed you you can see here the Pledge of Allegiance is a Masonic sign and now you can see the leaders of Seventh-day Adventism here one two three four five and this person in particular I believe is here located Oh no, it was Lord Brassy, sorry. Well, what, let me explain this. The um, Seventh-day Adventism, what they did uh, when he they traveled to Australia, uh, she denounced Freemasonry. And so she was attributed to bringing one of these Freemasons out of this, of Freemasonry, the, the cult. And uh, so there he is. And then it was found two years later that he was still involved with Freemasonry. So with regard to intelligence and how things work, they like to separate themselves from an organization, denounce that organization, but yet still be involved with that organization. And it's all uh, smoke screens. And this is their website uh, symbolism. Look at the single eye symbolism going on here. I can't tell you that that's what's going on exactly, but there are some fishy things uh, happening. You can see this logo as well. Here's the flame. Here's supposedly a book. There's a cross in there, but if you look at the negative space, this cross negative space moves into that top area, forming a cross upside down. Very interesting how they design it. Go look at that Seventh-day logo yourself and decide for yourself whether or not that's the case. This is Pastor B.T. Rice. The ecumenical movement is huge, and look at they always shake hands with Rome, and you would be surprised how many churches, evangelicals, uh, Protestants, all over. They've been infiltrated so much so that the Rome is considered. The California Legislative Task Force just announced that child support in California should be dropped and ended in the state of California. Now let's understand something. In 1975, 
the state of California established the Department of Social Services. For the, la for the last 48 years, the state of California has collected child support. Now that this task force has been operating for 40, I mean, this uh, agency has been operating for 48 years, four decades plus eight, almost five decades long. They went and did a study and found out that they should drop child support as part of their reparations movement. Here's the, the, the horrible part. For 48 years, what they didn't tell everybody was that the child support system was destroying black families. This task force report finally confirms and brings out how they were destroying families for 48 years. Not only were they destroying families, but here's one of the ways they were destroying families. California, when instituted child support, was charging 3.5% higher than the national average in just interest payments alone. So black men who were attempting to pay child support went under because of high interest payments. The majority of child support payments that were outstanding that were brought to arrest were, were brought to arrest because not just because of arrears, but mainly because of the interest compounded on arrears. Unbeknownst to the child support debtors, the state California and other states were receiving payments for collecting these child support payments. In essence, the state of California and higher government agencies were allowed to extort black people on child support and get paid off it and incentivize it. And in fact, it destroyed black families all across the state of California. So they're calling for an end for this thing now. And here's what people forget that God is in the midst of this as well. That this unleashes a prophecy, one sought out by David in his time of distress. This is Psalms 109.12, and here's what he said. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him, him being those that tried to destroy his righteous ways. Neither let, neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children, the fatherless children that ran around and could never get their fathers back because of brutal child support laws that separated families and destroyed brothers and charged brothers regardless of their economic status or employment status. While not having jobs, families and fathers were still being held to high account for child support and being locked up and being destroyed and disenfranchised from their families. Here's what David said. Let his posterity be cut off and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. That is a heavy prophecy to come down on those that did this evil to blacks and Latinos for so many years, for five, almost five decades in the state of California. Finally, finally, they've come to their senses. So when you see brothers and sisters on the street shooting and killing and going crazy in the clubs, and doing all the madness that you see going on in today's society. Just keep in mind that if you were one of those that supported child support, thinking it was a good thing to brutalize fathers into payment, also understand that you've received just what you've sown by destroying black families all across the state of California and probably in the greater United States.
and they knew this was going on. Now that the study has finally come out by the California Legislative Task Force, we now know that they have been destroying these families ever since. Let slavery end on all levels. China wants to end the dollar dominance, but will the U.S. Navy guard the non-dollar trade? Of course not. The U.S. guards the trade because the countries use dollars as trade currency. If the countries stop using dollars, the U.S. Navy will not protect their journeys. That means China needs to set its military in the seas. And to everyone's surprise, China has already started to do military drills with the Russian military in the sea. But the U.S. thinks it is preparing for war. So is it? Let's find out. Welcome back to another exciting episode of our channel. Innovation Diary brings you China's innovation stories, projects, and growing influence in different parts of the world. If you are new to the channel and enjoy learning about fast-paced modernity, China and Russia are doing military drills in the Japan Sea. Are they bragging about their power or there is more to it? Watch the video till the very end to know the actual reason. Let's get started. China and Russia have conducted a military drill in the Japan Sea. Many other nations have also done it, but China and Russia's military at this time has become a major U.S. concern. The U.S. has kept an eagle eye on the military drill and has got the message China and Russia are trying to give. The military exercises tell that China and Russia are ready to defend themselves if the U.S. is looking forward to starting a war. Not just that. China and Russia's aviation and naval exercises can also be a push to the U.S.'s falling economy. On July 20th, the military appeared in the sea, and up till now, 10 vessels and 30 aircraft have become a part of the exercise. But why is the exercise held? As the world order is changing, the military drill signalizes a lot of things, so let's address how this drill is a matter for the U.S. to get concerned about. China and Russia are working on many projects. The nations together have done things that have scared the U.S. After the Russia and Ukraine conflict, China and Russia's relationship has gotten better. Russia is the U.S. enemy, and China's support to this enemy has made the U.S. angry. And desperate to take revenge, the U.S. also decided to stand with Taiwan. The U.S. has given clear messages that if China invades Taiwan, the U.S. is ready to attack China. The U.S. has also signed some deals with Taiwan, giving a message that Taiwan is independent. While China has kept saying that the U.S. will not bring any benefit to Tawana and will only exploit its semiconductor industry. While the U.S. has said many times that it will not waste a second before attacking China, China also needed to give some message to the U.S. The military exercise between Russia and China says that both nations will provide each other with military support. The exercise gives a message that Russia will support China if anyone tries to attack it. It also tells that the Chinese support for Russia has gone beyond the business partnership. China will not also support Russia's military against anyone. But why did China give this message to the world? Before we continue further, tell us, are you loving the video? If yes, please. China has never tried to interfere in any other nation's matters. Even in the Russia and Ukraine conflict, China has only provided business support to Russia and has also maintained a good relationship with Ukraine. And on the other hand, the U.S.'s hypocrisy is very clear. Biden says he supports one China policy, but at the same time, he also supports Taiwan's independence. Biden is sending its officials to China saying that the U.S. does not support Taiwan's independence, but it also gives statements that it supports Taiwan and will attack China if it attacks Taiwan. The U.S. is trying to tell the world that it can attack China, while to China the U.S. says it does not support Taiwan's independence. 
China is a superpower and is becoming an economically dominant country in the world. And at this time, the U.S. giving war statements are aimed to degrade China. So China needs to make sure the U.S. knows that it is capable of defending itself. It can fight for itself, and with other nations' support, China will be ruling the world. The military exercises indicate that China is alert. China does follow peace, but it does not mean it does not know how to defend itself. If offended, China can also attack. But China also knows that we don't need more wars. China's policy is to never attack a country first. It will only defend itself if attacked. The military practice in the Japan Sea is not just to show the world that China can fight, but it is also a push to the U.S. economy. The military in the sea shows that China and Russia are looking forward to protecting international trade between the countries. The military will protect the trade like the U.S. Navy did in the past. It will allow the two nations to make other countries use the BRICS currency or the yuan as trade currency. For those who don't know how the military can control the trade currency, then let's dive into the past and understand the concept of international currency. A Bretton Woods agreement was made that lasted from the mid-1940s to the early 1970s. This agreement created an international currency. The countries wanted to trade with all the nations. But traveling all the seas was not easy. To avoid loot, the trading needed some protection. And that protection was provided by the U.S. Navy. The U.S. Navy promised that the trade goods protection will be on the U.S. Navy, and in return, the world had to use dollars as a trade currency. But let's just not forget, it was the time when the dollar was backed by gold. It was a strong currency, so the nations opted for it. And that's how the U.S. dollar became the international currency. But now the dollar is backed by nothing. It does not have the same value as it had, and the U.S. can print as much money as it wants, making dollars less valuable. And now is the time for China to replace the dollar, and for that, China will have to provide sea security. China and Russia are making a new BRICS currency, but to make it a global currency, China will have to provide military protection in the trade regions. Otherwise, the goods will be looted because the U.S. will not protect the trade that will be based on BRICS currencies. The military practice is also unique because it will make China and Russia learn how to protect the trade routes. The investors and the countries know that investing in dollars and holding it does not make any sense. The dollar has lost its value. The countries are willing to trade in other currencies. Countries like Argentina have already started trade in UN. Saudi Arabia and OPEC nations will also use other currencies besides dollars. The new currencies that BRICS is launching will be backed by gold. This new currency and the Russian and China Navy protection will end the dollar's dominance forever. China is planning everything to achieve the goal of changing the global dominant currency. But the question is, can the U.S. do anything about it? Or will the U.S. be able to take its dominance back? It took many years for China to end the dollar dominance. It is not an easy job. A lot of work and planning is required to do it. When a nation's economy fails, it becomes very difficult for such a nation to maintain dominance anywhere. And when a nation becomes strong, its dominance keeps increasing. That's how China made the impossible possible. For the U.S. still holding on to its global dominance is not possible. Its economy is under strain. The reason why China became capable of introducing the new economy to the world is due to the U.S.'s flaws. For the U.S. to get its dominance back will take many years. Another nation can only take one nation's place if the first nation fails in any way. And if China does not make any mistakes in the future, the U.S. will never be able to bring dollars back as an international currency. For now, the U.S. can only watch its dominance slipping from its hands. 
When the U.S. is thinking China is trying to fight a war with the U.S., China is attacking U.S.'s dollar dominance. Apart from supporting Taiwan's independence to irk China, the U.S. has nothing in its hands to do. Even if the U.S. supports Taiwan's independence, it remains a part of China officially. Its future will be decided by China and Taiwan. It will be Taiwan that will have the right to decide about its future, not the U.S. The U.S. must work on its slipping dominance instead of interfering in other nations' personal affairs because China knows what exactly it should do to maintain peace. We would like to take a moment here and appreciate you all for commenting and sharing your opinions. These streets keep calling They don't want me to leave the light behind Staring at stars Wishing I had time Well my kids need food And my girl needs me And sometimes I dream That I'm finally free So baby don't play me I ain't no toy I'm a prisoner here But I still make noise I'm a child and I'm bowing with all my boys. I'm a street kid now, but one day I'll be an island boy. I'm just trying to make it. I'm an island boy. Island boy. I'm an island boy. After Africa, what will happen if the U.S. also loses its dominance over the Indo-Pacific region? According to the latest updates and some new meetings, the U.S. power over the region is in an ever-decreasing mode. Recently, Indonesia's president met Xi and Xi called it a meeting with a like-minded and good partner. This meeting is said to mean a lot for the future of China and U.S. dominance over the Indo-Pacific region. So, has Indonesia chosen China over the U.S.? Is that what the meeting tells? Let's find out. Welcome back to another exciting episode of our channel. Innovation Diary brings you China's innovation stories, projects, and growing influence in different parts of the world. If you are new to the channel and discuss why the U.S. is losing its dominance over Indonesia and why it wanted it in the first place, we will also talk about why Indonesia chose China over the U.S. Watch the video till the very end to know the future of the Indo-Pacific region's dominance. Let's get started. She met the president of Indonesia, Koko Widodo, in Chengdu on the eve of the World's University Games event. She called this meeting a reunion with an old friend, a like-minded friend to be more precise. The meeting included the two leaders talking about the Chinese-built high-speed railway that is about to start operating after seven years of work. The meeting holds great significance for not only China and Indonesia, but for the region outside the Indo-Pacific region, like the U.S. The two leaders were not just talking about the two nations' future, but were also indirectly addressing the future of U.S. influence on the Indo-Pacific region. The debate over the dominance in this region, which accounts for 65% of the world's total GDP, is always going on. Half of all global trade passes from this region alone, making it a region of great significance and a welcoming region for dominating nations. But unlike other resource-rich regions, the Indo-Pacific isn't vulnerable to Western power. It is much stronger and more stable thanks to China. But even if China has assured to not lose its dominance in the region, the U.S. still wants to try its luck. It's China's increasing influence in the area that made the U.S. eager to control it. 
But the countries seem to lean more toward China than the U.S., just like Africa and the Middle East. But the U.S. wherever sees China taking over hops to get a share in the dominance or to fully take control. But countries have proved that they are happy with China's dominance over the region as compared to the USA's dominance. Indonesia's president meeting Xi again woke up the U.S. to strive for dominance. The U.S. has also tried to convince Indonesia to be on its side and has considered it the heart of the USA's Indo-Pacific policy. But after the meeting, the efforts seemed to go in vain. The U.S. Indo-Pacific policy and making Indonesia a heart of it seems like a fictional fantasy, while China took the actual crown of dominance in the region. So the question arises, why do the U.S. and China both strive to gain an Indo-Sisa alliance? We must also address why Indonesia has picked China over the U.S. Indonesia is an important country in the entire Indo-Pacific region. That is why the U.S. called it the heart of the USA's Indo-Pacific policy. And there are hundreds of reasons for that. Before we continue further, tell us, are you loving the video? If yes, continue now. Indonesia is the world's fourth most populous country and the third largest democracy. The nation of more than 18,000 islands plays an important role in the entire Indo-Pacific region. The country lies at the heart of the geographic region and is thus so important. It is one of the important nations that fall under the Indo-Pacific and not having a good relationship with this country would not make any sense in achieving dominance over the entire area. More than $5 million worth of cargo passes from the South China Sea and Indonesia shares a border with it. 50% of the world's oil trade takers pass through the sea, making Indonesia the center of attention. Indonesia has got recognized internationally and countries look forward to doing an alliance with it. And for the U.S., this country has become a nation of great significance. But the U.S. leaning toward Indonesia would mean a great power clash. And as the foreign policy has put it, Indonesia is not ready for that. One thing that the U.S. looks forward to is achieving an alliance with Indonesia at all costs to gain dominance. And on the other hand, China has always been there working with the nation and signing the Belt and Road Initiative deals. A high-speed railway is about to finish which started seven years ago. So it is pretty clear that China has been Indonesia's friend since the day the U.S. was not interested in gaining dominance over it. After China worked with Africa, the U.S. attention was diverted toward all the nations China is working with, and that also includes Indonesia. The U.S. wants an alliance with the nations that are in the Indo-Pacific, and what would be a better option than the fourth most populous country? A press release shared by the U.S. Department of State says that the U.S. wants to engage with Indonesia more in the future. There is no doubt that the U.S. looks forward to working with Indonesia. But how will this benefit the U.S.? China and Russia are planning to de-dollarize. To end the dollar dominance, China needs to trade in other currencies. But that requires China to ask other nations to switch their trade currencies. A nation like Indonesia, which stands at the doorstep of all 50% of the world's oil trade, has the power to change the dominant trade currency. If Indonesia starts to trade with UN, the U.S. dollar dominance will automatically be lost. And for that reason, the U.S. looks forward to the alliance with Indonesia, but the Indonesian president meeting Xi shows Indonesia's interests. At this time, the president's visit to China means a lot. It tells where Indonesia's interest lies. On one hand, the U.S. tries to gain dominance over the region, and when it needs the support of nations like Indonesia the most, their presidents are busy meeting their old friend Xi. It is clear that Indonesia, like other nations in the Indo-Pacific region, stands with China and prefers China's dominance over the USA's dominance. 
But why is it like that? Why does the U.S., which is striving so hard, can't win Indonesia's hearts? The answer is simple. It is better to be ruled by someone from within instead of an exploiter. Indonesia picks China. And not just Indonesia, but other nations that have gotten attention after a very long time need China, such as Africa. No matter how hard the U.S. tries, Africa's sincerity belongs to China. And the reason why these new powers want China is because China is the reason why they got attention. The U.S. has never given any nation the value and importance they deserve. The difference between China and the U.S. is that the U.S. takes benefits from a country China provides them with. Which way of business would you prefer? A give-and-take business or only the giving one? Of course, the nations would choose China because it has no history of exploitation. While comparing which nation one country must align with, you think about the pros and cons. For instance, if Indonesia does not choose China, it will not be able to get the benefits from the alliance that it could have. If the world order changes, Indonesia won't have the privilege to work with the world's leading economy and the center of power. But what will happen if Indonesia chooses China? It will face the rivalry of the U.S. The U.S. will probably put sanctions on it, as it has on other nations. It will end the business and will consider Indonesia a member of China's team. The difference is simple. Choosing China is the nation's own decision, but choosing the U.S. is a forced decision. The countries are scared of the U.S. power use. But if that's the case, why did Indonesia choose China? As known, China is changing the world order, and that would not be possible without other nations like Indonesia's help. Standing with China means ending U.S. dominance and its brutal power. And for that reason, Indonesia has stood with China. She said in the meeting with Widodo that it is a meeting of like-minded good partners. And indeed, he meant that. The two nations are working on a better future. And the future that they are working on will not just be of personal benefit, but will also bring prosperity to all the exploited nations. The world is becoming more peaceful. And the nations need a peaceful, dominant power this time. We would like to take a moment here and appreciate naval bases. And according to the U.S. media, these bases are the result of a debt trap. Are they a result of a debt trap or they are about to strangle U.S.'s illegal power use in the suppressed nations? If naval bases are made for evil purposes, why does the U.S. have more than 800 military bases? Chinese naval bases are not going to exploit the countries but are going to be a power against the U.S.'s 800 military bases to protect the suppressed nations from the U.S.'s use of power. So, is the U.S. ready to face military competition? Let's find out. Welcome back to another exciting episode of our channel. Innovation Diary brings you China's innovation stories, projects, and growing influence in different parts of the world. If you are new to the channel and enjoy learning about fast-paced modernity, especially China's development and growing power, you will find our videos intriguing. In this video, we will discuss the truth behind the Chinese naval bases and how they are a threat to the U.S. We will also talk about the benefits developing nations will get from the naval bases. Watch the video till the very end to know the reality behind West's fear after the announcement of the bases. Let's get started. China is planning to make overseas naval bases in Asia and Africa. These two continents happen to be the most populated parts of the world. The two continents combined became 80% of the world's total population. And making naval bases in these continents would mean taking control over the world. The U.S. has more than 800 military bases in the world, and 40 of them are naval bases. This article by Al Jazeera talks about the U.S. military bases in depth. If you're interested, you can check it out. 
But now China is looking forward to making naval bases in parts like Asia and Africa. And according to many experts, it will give China power over the world. But that power would be very different from the power the U.S. had. We all are well aware of how the U.S. has used its naval bases to control nations. So, if you're concerned that China will do the same, then that's not the case. China dreams of a completely different world, a world free of powerful nations imposing their decisions. But what's the point of making naval bases? We will get to that later in the video. But let's first discuss where these naval bases are being built and how this will impact the world. The naval bases are going to change things for both the U.S. and China. It will be a new shift to the global dynamics of power, but this time in a good way. Here's a picture presented by The Guardian that tells where China is planning to make the naval bases. The red dots represent the potential naval base's location. The black dot, representing Djibouti, is the place where China already has a naval base. It is the only naval base PLA has, and the new naval bases can be made in locations like Beta in Equatorial Guinea, Gwadar in Pakistan, Hambantota in Sri Lanka, and Reem in Cambodia. The Hambantota in Sri Lanka appears to be the priority of the Chinese Navy. It is expected that China's second naval base will be made in Sri Lanka, and then later we will see all three naval bases being built. The port in Sri Lanka was made in 2010 with a Chinese loan of $306 million. Now the question comes, why is China making these naval bases? And why China, mostly known as an economic power, is now becoming a military power? Why are the countries allowing China to make these naval bases? Before we continue further, tell us, are you loving the video? Let's continue now. These nations have not allowed the U.S. to make naval bases, but China? China has always been an economic power. All the influence that it has today is because of its economy. Its business and alliance with other nations have allowed China to become a competitor to the U.S. And the reason why China got all the nation's trust is because China does not believe in having political power over nations. It does not want to impose its decisions on any other nations. Like the Sri Lanka port, China has also worked at Gwadar port in Pakistan. Even if China dominates these nations, China has never exploited the country. In recent times, Pakistan has leaned toward the U.S. politically, but China said and did nothing. It didn't try to control its friend by any means as the U.S. did. Pakistan has also said that the U.S. is involved in interfering in their affairs, but they never said anything about China. The Western media says that China is using the debt trap to take control over nations. Many nations have taken debt from China, but what did China do? Have you ever heard of China interfering in any nation's politics? According to the ex-Prime Minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, who is a popular figure in Pakistan, the U.S. has been involved in the regime change, but no statements from any nations have ever been said about China. Even Sri Lanka does not say that it has fallen into the debt trap. Nations take loans, and they know if they can pay them back or not. It's not like China forces them to take loans. It is a mutual thing, and China making the naval bases will also not be a decision that China will take. It will be a mutual decision. The countries are allowing China to rule. The reason why China is allowed to become the closest ally of nations and make an unbreakable bond with them is because these countries allow it. But one must wonder why China is allowed to make military bases and not any other nations. And later we must also address what benefit will these military bases bring to China. The reason why nations are willing to allow China to make naval bases is because this will give them a defense against all other nations. Countries like the U.S. won't be able to fight against such countries that have Chinese Navy bases. The developing nations that sometimes fall short in defending themselves against powers like the U.S. do need other forces. 
and that other force will be China. The reason why poor nations sometimes aren't able to defend themselves or stand against powerful countries' decisions is that they don't have the power to face the consequences. That is why countries like Pakistan were forced to make Taliban's on U.S. orders. And now countries like Japan have to do whatever the U.S. wants. The U.S. controls nations because they can't defend themselves. But after China makes naval bases, the U.S. will permanently not be able to do anything wrong with the nations. One benefit that countries will get after China makes the naval bases will be protection from the powerful. They will not be exploited by the U.S. anymore. Fair dealing without any suppression would be possible. But the question comes, why is China making the naval bases? What benefit will China get? And why is the economic power now becoming a military power? The simple answer to this question is that if China wants to gain the world's dominance, it must compete with the U.S. The reason for making the naval bases is not to control a country. It will instead facilitate China improving its economic dominance over the world. China wants to end the dollar dominance. And for that, it will have to provide naval security to the trade. If the countries will not use dollars as a trade currency, the U.S. Navy will not protect their trade and can attack them. In this situation, China needs to give protection. And that protection would be possible by making naval bases. These naval bases will allow China to fight with anyone in case of trade loot. The benefit of making naval bases would be to ensure China facilitates the countries that will trade in other currencies other than dollars. And apart from that, it also gives China influence over other countries. Letting the country make the naval base means becoming their permanent friend. If China successfully makes naval bases in Asia and Africa, that would mean China will have influence over 80% of the world's total population. And the U.S. will never be able to exploit the people. China will be the ultimate force in these areas. It will give China the power that the U.S. will not ever be able to take back. Making the naval base will allow China to generate power out of the powerless countries. Everyone knows how the U.S. has used Asian and African nations in the past for its benefit. The U.S. empire is built over exploitation. And once China gets the naval power, the highly populated region will no longer remain vulnerable to the U.S. The naval bases will give China the power against the U.S. that the U.S. would not be able to defeat. We would like to take a moment here and appreciate you all for commenting and sharing your opinions. Second Ezra 9.22 Let the multitude perish then, which was born in vain, and let my grace be kept and my plants for with great labor have I made it perfect. Let's analyze. The torrential downpours now ended, at least for now. What's left is all that water. This is Montpelier, the capital of Vermont, with street after street now like this. In just two days this week came two months worth of rain. Vermont taking the brunt of the latest catastrophic weather event intensified by climate change. But neighboring states were also slammed. This river, now swollen, is in Maine. This police body cam video from two days ago was taken in New York. And as rescues still continue in other places, a warning from Vermont Governor Phil Scott. More rain is expected within days. I haven't processed it yet. Ed Nugent came here to help his daughter Pamela escape from her nearby house. As the water kept rising, she tried to wade through it, but as he watched, she fell. 
and was swept away. She went right by the car, she tried to grab this, she couldn't grab it, and she grabbed the, tried to grab the bushes there. She couldn't grab them, and she just went right down the white water. Her body found later at the bottom of a ravine. For others, the flooding brought separate calamity with countless vehicles destroyed. And these train tracks, for example, left suspended where the ground was washed away. Jeremiah 2 and 3. Israel was holy unto the Lord and the first fruit of his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, says the Lord. Let's analyze. These images tonight capturing the urgent race to evacuate 2,000 people from wildfires scorching Greece. 20 private boats, four Coast Guard vessels, two Army boats, and a Navy ship helping as flames threaten homes and two resort hotels on Rhodes Island. Hot, dry, and windy conditions fueling this large blaze and dozens of others burning across Greece. More than 100 homes and businesses torched as wildfires burned for a sixth straight day. Much of the country experiencing its hottest days on record, with temperatures soaring to 113 degrees in Athens today. One man dying while delivering food. Large swaths of southern Europe experiencing temperatures above 100 degrees, while northern Italy pummeled by hail, and in Milan, an apparent tornado. This was the scene Wednesday in North Carolina, an EF3 tornado ripping through several towns, packing 150 mile an hour winds and spanning. Newman, one and three, N A H U M, one and three. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord had his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the cloud or the dust of his feet. Let's analyze. Up to six football fields. The damage widespread, including at this Pfizer factory in Rocky Mount, a huge location with the equivalent of more than 24 football fields of manufacturing space. The drug company saying all employees were safely evacuated and tweeting, we are working urgently to determine the best way to get back online as quickly as possible. This plant produces nearly 25% of Pfizer's sterile injectables used in U.S. hospitals. That includes medicines that treat infections and drugs for anesthesia and surgeries. And experts warn we could see some long-term shortages as Pfizer shifts production to other locations or rebuilds. This putting even more pressure on already strained drug supplies at U.S. hospitals. Overall, there were 309 drug shortages in the U.S. at the end of June. That's up from 295 at the end of last year and the highest total recorded since 2014. It's still not clear which drugs might be affected or how long a shortage could last. For now, hospitals are storing up supplies and holding their breath until we know more. See, you hear right. I don't know if I'm reaching y'all. I ain't got time to rewind and try to prove something to prove something I'm thinking about. 
they said fires are right that a tornado went up there and knocked all their business out, right? And the most I know that how much Father done killed all these people. Now they trying to ship all this little medicine that they got to feed the people and everything so they can get paid. Crafty counsel. The earth is given to the hands of the wicked. Let's analyze. The civil war in Sudan, which broke out in Africa's third largest nation in April, has driven tens of thousands of refugees to its borders. Rush. Matthews 24 and 13. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. Let's analyze. This ongoing attack on Ukraine has put in jeopardy the transfer of grain through the Black Sea. But it's not any one particular shock that's driving up the number of people who go hungry in the world. There are these major drivers, which are climate, um, an extreme climate of insevereability, conflicts. Conflicts are becoming more complex. They're spilling outside of borders. And also a lot of economic shocks. Shocks like supply chain disruptions and the inflation that comes with that. It's all part of what the United Nations says is driving up world hunger. In a new report, it says the number of people who go hungry now sits at around 122 million more since 2019. So at the rate of incoming resources to, to, to address the food crisis, we expect that there will be a 60% gap uh, in, in, in our operations, and this is, of course, uh, quite uh, uh, worrisome. The UN says world hunger generally plateaued in 2021 and 2022 and seemed to be stabilizing after COVID-19, but it blames Russia's attack on Ukraine for the new spike. Hunger is especially high in Africa, the UN says, but has also risen even in parts of North America and Europe. The report finds there are encouraging signs in Latin and South America and the Caribbean, with the exception of Haiti. But looming next week, the Black Sea grain deal, partially brokered by Turkey, allowing grain to flow during the Ukraine conflict, is set to expire. If the deal is not renewed, we would see significant impacts on global food prices and on global food security for millions of people around the world. My question is to y'all, right? My question is, all them names that they was calling out was um, people of hue. They weren't Caucasian people. They were people that look skin color look like me. And I'm asking myself, why is Africa, or they putting a pro protege that Africa is starving like that and they want the rich man. Ah! The most I did a doozy on us, right? Because the Caucasian man really, really did it on us. That's what I can say. Let's analyze. This planet come back. It's here. It's already in the, in the area. Oh, yes. Right now it's okay. in conjunction. It is behind the sun. It's coming up. It came up 
two in the direction towards the sun's say 7:30 position. Okay. Now, when it comes out from behind, it'll be around the 1:30 position. And this will we be able to see it then? <laughs> yeah. And when we see it, if you're not prepared, I mean, frankly, when we do see it, people are going to be standing out in the street. They're going to be pointing up at the sky. You'll be able to see it like that? Oh yeah. You're going to see it. It's it's a melancholia scenario. Jeez. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger because this thing is going to come around from behind the sun and cross over our orbit above us and ahead of us. And, you know, there's a gentleman, Bob Dean, no, government I whistleblower. Don't. He's one of my heroes. I mean, I just love this guy. Yeah, good guy. And uh, I think in 2008 on Project Camelot, he made a prediction. He said, according to my sources, it is going to, when we are going to be on the same side of the sun as the Planet X system when it goes into its aphelion league. That's when it's going back south. Okay. And that is when it's really going to be jamming, you know. And jamming meaning doing fast. things to us? <laughs> to the sun, to us. First off, let me just explain the Planet X system. Okay. Nemesis is the dark star. All right. And it hasn't been visible for a very long time to the naked eye because it's shrouded in iron oxide dust. Okay. This is from its creation. And where would that be now, that binary star? That binary star is beyond the orbit of Jupiter, behind our sun. And that's why we can't see it. We can't see it. Now, uh, interestingly enough, it has. there are three planets that we talk about in our book. There could be more, but we're only talking about the major bodies that are going to present a problem for Earth All right. and be involved in the pole shift event. Okay. Now, these planets are, the innermost one is Helion. Helion. And Helion is a gaseous, bright planet, sun inhabited. This is traveling with Nemesis. Nibiru or whatever. Well, Nibiru is the third planet out. That's the one where the Anunnaki apparently came That's from. right. Okay. There's, there's Nemesis, the star. Right? Helion. Arbota. Nibiru. Helion has a moon which we named Harrington in name of this astronomer. Okay. And we have a moon for Nibiru, which we named Farada. They only for... have like one moon each? That's right. These okay. two planets. Arbota does not have a moon. Arbota is inhabited by a slave species. If you'll indulge me, I'd like to read two pages from advice from the extraterrestrials. Yes, it's true that we have been in contact with your government and heads of power. It is also true that we have been in con it is also true that agreements have been made and kept secret from your people. It is also true that in the past some of your people have lost their lives or have been badly hurt to protect the secret. Our hands had no part in this. We contacted your leaders because your planet is in grave trouble. Your leaders said the vast majority of your population wasn't ready for anything like us yet. So we made time agreements with your leaders as to when your people would be made aware of our presence. Your air, your water are contaminated. Your forests, jungles, trees and plant life are dying. There are several breaks in your food chain. You have an overwhelming amount of nuclear and biological weapons, which include nuclear and biological contamination. Your planet is overpopulated. 
Warning, it is almost to the point of being too late unless your people act. There are better ways of deriving energy and food needs without causing your planet any damage. Those in power are aware of this and have the capability of putting these methods into worldwide use. Those in power view it as a military and security threat. That upset me. You mean to tell me that the people in power have the ability to save and better the planet and they aren't doing it? Amnesty. What do you mean? Complete amnesty to those in power. Governments and leaders who have been suppressing the truth that they can't be held liable for any past wrong deeds. It is the only way these leaders can come forward with the truth. It is necessary that you do this in order to work together and survive. If you the earth is given to the hands of the wicked. Why I 
say they hit me slady. Oh, the way you drive me crazy. Thinking about you on the daily. Girl, I know you going crazy. Thinking about you on my mantle. Baby girl, I took be gentle. I'ma pull up in a rental. Then I drop it, then I, then I.